Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the Greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle. I am 42, and I'm a busy mommy of two. Alexandre, who is two-year-old, and Nathan, who is five months. Today, we're talking about intelligent postpartum recovery. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi, everyone. I'm Heather Fox. I'm a co-host of Parent Talk. I'm 41 years old and have a son named Hudson, who is 22 months, and I'm also expecting baby number two. Hi, my name is Lori Lucas, and uh, I am a former birth doula, a full-time yoga teacher for many years in Vancouver, and I'm really happy and excited to be here. Well, thank you, Laurie, and thank you, Heather, for being here. So, Laurie, how can we plan an intelligent postpartum recovery? Postpartum recovery is, uh, is something that's, uh, that's really important. I know from my years of working with moms, uh, I've found that they're often not thinking about postpartum. They're thinking about you know, their birth and, and all the things they got to buy and, and, you know, a lot of different things. They have a lot on their mind. They're dealing with so much change and they, of course, have to have, you know, they're dealing with a lot of stuff. Many of them are still working. I mean, you know, through their pregnancy, they're not on mat leave yet. Uh, they're about to enter a huge transition. But, but uh, my hope is that, is, that, uh, is that they will put some thought towards postpartum because, when their baby's on the outside, um, you know, it's a whole new world. And uh, while you can't plan everything, of course, and everybody is different and every family's different and every birth is different, every birth recovery is different, um, I think that it's really important still to put put some thought towards that that transition and uh, and maybe get some of their ducks in a row and, and yeah, really plan for, for that that rite of passage, you know, that fourth trimester. The fourth trimester, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't know how it's going to go. You don't know how you're going to feel after, right? And I think it's having an open mind to what is going to be the fourth trimester because you don't know. It was, for myself specifically, it was not what I had expect, expected. I thought three weeks later I'd be running and I was going to be able to go back and do like everything I was doing before. Like I'm a big hiker, and I'm still not running. And so I think you have to really respect the way your body heals and your body will change or most changes all the way until you're done breastfeeding. So if you breastfeed for a year, you know, things don't go back the way it was before, maybe, you know, until, until then. And, and I think you have to love yourself. Yes. And be okay with that and respect yourself and, you know, find some alternative like for th- th- these times, right? And actually, my next question is <laughs> totally related to what I'm saying is, uh, so what are the benefits of yoga practice for postpartum women specifically? Because that's what I, I turned to, right? It was really mm. beneficial for myself. Yeah. Well, yoga can be very beneficial because, uh, well, it's a mind-body practice. So it has a lot of, um, it's, it's a great, many tools to help bring your mind and body more in harmony. Um, so, you know, we all feel a lot a lot better when we are, you know, more regulated in our, in ourselves. Um, 
it uh, can just help with some of the overwhelm, help us to stay balanced, help us to ease discomforts uh, because maybe some of the, you know, the, the pregnancy discomforts, should she have experienced pregnancy discomforts, maybe some of them have, have come to pass uh, during the postnatal period, but she's probably going to get new ones because she is carrying a baby for many, many hours and babies are heavy and, you know, feeding around the clock and, uh, and everything else. Um, but yoga adapted for postpartum can be excellent. Um, it, it's, uh, she's going to want to strengthen and stabilize. She's going to want to not work out the way she did before, though. Um, I find that a lot of new moms are really anxious to just, oh, finally, you know, now I'm just going to want to get my body back and I'm just going to start working out again. Like I, I was, did right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's very common. And I mean, and understandable, you know, you're pregnant for a long time. But um, the number one bit of advice I would, would give is just don't be in a hurry, you know, like don't be in a, in a huge hurry. And, and remember that e- even if a woman has had a dream birth and it was as smooth as can be and, and everything else, she was pregnant for a long time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good to, to take your time and, and to do it intelligently by, by, you know, strengthening her body, her core, for instance, from the inside out. So it might seem kind of boring, some of these ways that, that we do it, but it's actually much safer and, uh, it's going to really help help a mom to get really strong and uh, and 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 be strong and uh, it's it's pelvic floor friendly. It's core friendly. I mean, you know, things change. Um, so you know, getting proper assessments too are are really good. Like maybe seeing a pelvic floor physiotherapist. I highly recommend to every woman. Not because sometimes when I say that they just look at me, but um, you know, not because it's having a baby is going to destroy your body or anything. I mean, I think that every woman, um, no matter what phase of her life she's in, should you know, like our pelvic floor. That's part of our core because you know our core is is really a system it's it's not just you know the outer abdominal muscles so yeah there's there's Mel I'll let you talk now but there's many many things I can say about it <laughs> yeah I mean Heather you had a c-section right so like for someone who has a c-section when can they look at doing yoga again like what did you do did you do yoga after how long did it took loaded question <laughs> mm-hmm. um we'll just for me, because I had so many kind of pain issues and I had pubic symphysis, which is my pelvic, um, the bones were separating and actually dislocated slightly during my pregnancy. So I had a lot of different issues during the pregnancy. So I was one of those ones who actually was planning very, very carefully for my postpartum. Um, so I wasn't assuming I was going to be able to jump back in because I was dealing with so much while pregnant. Um, so luckily my husband was able to take off three weeks of work and I had him around, but yeah, we didn't know, of course, initially if I would have a C-section or not. And with having the C-section, that meant I wasn't going to be lifting or doing anything for six weeks. I wasn't going to be driving. I wasn't going to be almost leaving the house for that amount of time. I didn't actually head out for my first small little walk until closer to five weeks. I was very careful. I listened to my doula and I stayed in bed and I rested the way I was supposed to. Um, and that definitely helped with my recovery and, you know, for bleeding to stop and all those different things and making sure that I had a kind of successful recovery that way. Um, and then it was probably, I remember 
um, kind of going back, I was actually, because I've recovered from the car accident that I'd had prior to the pregnancy, um, I went back to physio first. Um, and this was probably closer to when Hudson was probably, I would say three or four months old, um, before I finally kind of felt comfortable to kind of do that. And then along with that, I started what's called active rehab. Um, so it's exercises kind of done along with a kinesiologist to kind of give me specific exercises that were safe and she's there to supervise me as well and some were very very yoga based and working on pelvic floor and stuff but I did notice because of the c-section different times where I would tighten or lift or do different things it it was aggravating a little bit more so I definitely had to wait for some some of the more core exercises to be able to do those because of the c-section so because of the scar tissue and things like that things were a little different feeling so but definitely that has now kind of cleared up and I've been able to get back into my kind of practice that I used to do and so I do things at home a little bit more yeah so so I guess everybody's a bit different too right definitely oh yeah everyone's different um there's a you know it's hard to have kind of a you know a blanket statement for everybody exactly because everybody's different but um the average is I mean you know women will say oh so when can I come back to yoga you know after having baby and it's a routine vaginal birth might be, you know, four to six weeks. Although there are things still also still considerations. Um, but, uh, but you know, four to six weeks, I've had moms show up at two weeks, like second time moms that I've known third time moms that I've known. And I'm just like, Oh, you know, less is more, but, but I'm not going to argue with a second and third time mom. <laughs> they know what's going on. And, uh, but, um, but a C-section, it, yeah, it's, it's major abdominal surgery, usually closer to eight weeks, six to eight weeks. But everyone should really always get clearance from their care provider again. Like, hey, can I, can I go back? And also, yeah, as an incision. Definitely. The incision's got to be healed. You know, um, you, you know, you, you look at things like back bends, you look at, uh, you would definitely want, want your incision to be healed. Um, but, uh, but it's good. It's, uh, every birth is sacred and, uh, but yeah, and many births, uh, in Vancouver, one in four, sometimes two in four, some months are, are a C-section really. It's there's there's that there's a lot of C-sections. So thank goodness there is, though. That, yeah, uh, no kidding. Yeah. You know, thank goodness there is. Mm. And it's a sacred a belly birth is a sacred birth, too. So what should new mom be assess for postpartum and why? Um, postpartum, a, uh, a new mom should be assessed, uh, definitely not, you know, having a baby is not going to destroy your body or anything like that, but, uh, she should definitely get her pelvic floor, even if she had a C-section, even if she didn't have a vaginal birth, she should get a pelvic floor assessment. That way, um, she can just see how things are. She can find out if she should be doing pelvic floor exercises, you know, she likely should be, but most women actually are doing them incorrectly. Um, a pelvic floor physio can just, uh, tell you so much in a short visit. You don't need a doctor's referral. There are really, really great ones all around. I definitely believe that, uh, that she should go and, and, and get a pelvic floor assessment when she is, uh, and, and of course, a physiotherapist of course can, can also help with, with assessing her core. Our pelvic floor is part of our core, right? But um, but even if she 
just even at her six week checkup or, you know, when she's, she's at her doctor or midwife, she, it's important that she says, you know, Hey, how's my core? You know, I'm thinking about going back to yoga or fitness or the gym or whatever. How's my core? It takes like two seconds to, to do an assessment. Maybe she has some abdominal separation, not the end of the world either. Diastasis recti is, uh, the, the word for that. And it's very common and it's not the end of the world, but, um, but a lot of women don't know and they can just make it worse. They can go back to their old exercise habits and do crunches and things that are not pelvic floor friendly. Yeah, it's just good because she can, it, you know, it's better to do modified core work when it comes to the core, especially if you've got abdominal separation. Like you, you would really want to strengthen the body from the inside out. And there's, there's even simple things like getting out of bed if you have abdominal separation roll to your side just it's good better for all of us anyway to just roll to the side because we don't want to stress those muscles that have already been not really stressed because it's totally normal to be to be pregnant those muscles are actually made the the rectus abdominis those muscles are actually made to you know move apart at the midline a little bit as baby grows they're meant to yield and all of that but but what happens is oftentimes new mums will just be like, I just want to get my body back. And they'll just start doing crunches and things like that. And, and they can actually make it a lot worse and, and give themselves, um, a real problem that, uh, you know, and, and they might feel great right after having baby for instance, but, um, problems can show up later on mm-hmm. pelvic floor problems. Also, they often go hold, go hand in hand. So in regards to what Laurie was saying about seeing a pelvic floor physiotherapist, if there are any moms out there or new to be moms potentially out there listening that are pregnant currently, um, I would suggest look for your pelvic floor physio now and get that appointment made for your postpartum um, as most pelvic floor physios have at least a two month wait. Um, so it's really important to kind of make that appointment preemptively, um, especially because it is such an important one and definitely can be so helpful regardless of how your birth may end up going. You may end up just with that one appointment, but um, you know it's so important to maybe get that made before you even have baby. Mm-hmm. It's Good not something idea. usually that is covered by MSP. It is it could be covered by your extended, uh, extended right? Mm-hmm. But if if you don't have extended, save now. It's yeah. so worth it. I was there yeah. at six weeks postpartum and thank God I did because I did recover completely. But uh, if I wasn't there right away, uh, it would have been a little bit more difficult in the future. Absolutely. Right. And yeah, she gave me a big list of what to do, what not to do. And one thing I had to give up is bring my baby around with me in the car seat. The car seat is very heavy. Your pelvic floor is weak from the I mean, mm-hmm. some I had a pelvic, a weak pelvic floor from uh, the birth, my birth, and I had to bring my baby in my arm and not in the car seat. And it's hard because when your baby's sleeping in the car seat in the car, it's a good you, thing. You have <laughs> it's a good thing, but then you have to wake up your little baby, right? Mm. So, but I had to. I I couldn't pick it up. It's too heavy, and yeah. So she gave me a lot of pointers, and you gotta adapt to it. I did, and always it worked for me, right? So Lori, any tips for prolapse for women that are experiencing prolapse? Definitely, again, the pelvic floor physiotherapist for sure, intelligent um, core work, strengthening the body where there is, uh, like our core is is like a, well, it's a system. There, there's the pelvic floor, there's the respiratory diaphragm, there's, you know, there's 
all the muscles that go around, all the way around. We've got the multifidus at the back. We've got the transversus abdominis, a muscle that is very helpful during the pushing stage, actually helps to support the weight of baby also as, as a baby grows when you're pregnant. Um, what, uh, what, what you want is to, is to get your core functioning well again, but if you have a prolapse, you, you really want to focus on that and you want to see someone about that and you don't want to do any kind of forward flexion, no sit-ups, no V-sits, no laying on your back, lifting your leg, lifting your head up. Anything that's, that's diastasis friendly is pelvic floor friendly kind of and, and vice versa, although they actually kind of, they often, often not always, but they, they often do go hand in hand actually, pelvic floor uh, stuff and uh, abdominal separation, but... What is a prolapse, actually? A prolapse is uh, is where one of your organs is uh, slipping out of its uh, anatomical position where it, where it's meant to be. And a lot of people have prolapse, people that have never even had babies. Many people talk about our posture, you know, sitting, sitting back, tucking our tailbone for hours on end, our modern day lifestyle. Um, not only postpartum, uh, you know, there's hormonal changes, you know, there's perimenopause, there's, there's menopause, there's postmenopause, which, which I am, you know, long, far past postmenopause. All of these things, all the seasons of our life really affect our, our pelvic floor, just like all of our other tissues. But a prolapse, um, what's scary about a prolapse in a way, not to scare anybody because it's not scary, scary if you catch it early, is, is that it is asymptomatic until things really start to go wrong. There is a Maya Arvago abdominal massage, it's called. Um, that's a really gentle kind of uh, soothing amazing massage actually by a woman in Vancouver that I absolutely love. Her name is Renee Warner. Uh, she's right at Main and Broadway, actually in the Lee building. She's a retired midwife and a registered nurse. So she's not a massage therapist. She's the only one in town that I know of that actually does Maya Arvago massage. That's something that you could try, but, uh, but you, you want to you want to just, you don't want there to be downward pressure on your pelvic floor. So just whatever someone would do, I would, like I would, I would definitely recommend any sit up type stuff. Don't do anything like that. And, and just know that, um, know that there's, know that there's hope and, uh, reach out and, and get help for that. And it, it's very, it's very common again, e- even during menopause, like, you know, we, but we want to take care of a lot of these things during the postpartum period. It's really good. Not that your body was broken or anything like that. Taking your time to recover in an intelligent way is really going to benefit you for so many years to come. And um, it's just really important. And now it, it's great that there there are so many resources because there really didn't used to be. And and uh, I hate the thought of, of women suffering in silence, and they they still do about about a lot of things. And and I know because I talk to a lot of women in my classes. And um, but but yeah. So you've done some um, baby and me yoga, right? Do you mm-hmm. want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I don't teach the baby and me yoga anymore, but uh, for over 12 years, I taught baby and me yoga every week at, at the Roundhouse also and at Mount Pleasant. So I do really miss it because I would be so lucky as to, you know, spend all this time with these mums. Um, and then often I get to see the babies too, right? So, I mean, I do miss having the babies in my life, but um, but I just, something kind of had to give with my, my schedule. And uh, really, really wonderful uh, instructors are, are do, still doing those classes. I mean, the classes are still going on. But, um, but yeah, I, I, it's why I'm, I teach my 
little intelligent postpartum recovery workshops now actually is that my passion for postpartum recovery um, is still there. And uh, I, I really think that the information needs to get out there. I think it's important to have a postpartum plan. And uh, I think that I, I don't know. I, I just want to see every mother thrive to the best of her ability, um, considering there's a lot of challenges and joys and highs and lows and and uh, and things, you know, when when she's first home with a baby. But so, what a postpartum plan looks like. A postpartum plan, just uh, just even putting any thought into your postpartum uh, recovery and the postpartum period. I find that a lot of women aren't, don't really plan for postpartum. I've heard many, many times women say, oh boy, if I only knew, oh boy, if, you know, if somebody only told me, although, although I've heard many women also say that nothing could really prepare you for the early, you know, the, the, those first days at home. But, um, you know, every family looks different, but um, having, I don't know, having some numbers on the fridge, you know, who, if you need some help, if you, if you want some help, who are you going to call, you know, ways to squeeze in self-care. Um, it must be incredibly difficult because a mother is giving her all to her baby around the clock. But at the same time, maybe she should, you know, let a friend come over and hold her baby while she has a shower or, or take her baby for a walk around the block or hold her baby while she has a nap. Or what about nourishing food? What about uh, throwing a load of laundry in? Um, you know, this is a little more expensive, but I always think if people really want to buy a new mom something, why don't they buy her a postpartum doula? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> it would really be nice. But, um, and, and then, there's, there's, then there's the partner also. Like, I mean, they also are kind of like, you know, trying to, to, to handle things and, and maybe setting limits with people, maybe setting limits with people that uh, everybody's going to want a piece of you after you have a baby, understandably, because it's so amazing and it's so joyous and they love you and they're, they're thrilled for you. But, but maybe you just want to have a nap. Maybe you don't want to have to sit around and entertain people. And you should be able to, um, you know, you, you really want to think about that. Who do I want around? If I really do need help, you know, who am I going to call? And, and you should, you know, I, I believe that, that none of us should ever be shy as far as asking for help. It's not a sign of weakness. Uh, it's just, it's just not a sign of, it's actually a sign of like strength, I think, um, because I don't know, where would your baby and your family be if, if, you know, you can only, you know, you're just giving and giving constantly. And, uh, even to just have a few minutes to restore yourself here and there again, even a shower, you know, I've heard many, many moms just be like, you know, having a shower is like a trip to the spa. It's just so rare in those early days, much less expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Much less expensive too. Um, yeah. For my postpartum, a couple of things that we made sure to do was things like, um, having meals in the freezer having kind of prepared things. And then any of our friends that did come to visit, when they asked, you know, can we bring something? Can we do, we always said food <laughs> and it was great. We had friends bringing lasagna. We had friends bringing casseroles and chicken pot pies. And it was great because not only was I recovering, but Bruce was, you know, there to support me in those first few weeks, but he didn't have time to cook. He was, you know, he was making sure I had water and making sure I was, you know, good and, um, 
you know, so cooking or grocery shopping was, you know, really, really the last thing from our minds and really hard to do. So, you know, having people, yeah, bring nourishing food because that's super important. And then we definitely made a point to when we had people visiting, you know, letting them know, yeah, okay, we have, you know, 45 minutes here for you. And then people kind of had that expectation that they were only coming for a short visit. And then I didn't have to like awkwardly say, okay, so you need to go now. <laughs> so people were really understanding. And we even made the decision too, that we didn't want our, any visiting people at the hospital. So right away, we told our family that we were going to wait till we got home until we were settled, and then we would have people come. So we were just really, and I mean, honestly, this is a lot of because of our doula and explaining how important that postpartum period was, that we really listened to her advice. And, and I'm so glad we did, because it did make everything a lot calmer and a lot you know, simpler because it was just us and we didn't have that overwhelming feel of everybody bombarding us because people were really respectful to our requests that way. So it was really good. Yeah. Limits, boundaries. Mm -hmm. It's an important part of self-care. Respect, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Take your time for yourself. Yeah. So Laurie, we can find you on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca, but where else can we find you? Um, you can find me, yeah, so at yogawithlaurilucas.com or any of my other social media. Um, I, you can find me at the Roundhouse in Yale Town in Vancouver or Mount Pleasant Community Centre, teaching uh, three prenatal yoga classes there weekly and three also three mixed levels classes. You can find me in my little studio uh, downtown that uh, I teach a lot of small workshops out of. And they're just, it's a boutique studio. It's very intimate people leave with the presentation um very comprehensive fun intimate uh, intelligent postpartum recovery i present on uh, you know anxiety stress reduction self-regulation of the nervous system stuff like that chronic pain workshops i'm at langara college i teach there um, on their uh, 250 hour teacher training certificate program and i'm just i'm around i'm around and um yeah I just really feel blessed and fr privileged to be able to spend so much, so much time with uh, the extra most extraordinary people that I ever meet in the world, and those would be mothers. Awesome. Heather, I think it's time for a conversation card. It's time for a conversation card. Every week we like to play a game, not only for fun, but to get to know our guests a little more too. Nobody knows what the mystery card might ask. Sometimes silly and sometimes serious. Let's find out what it will be this week. Please pick one and read it to us. Ooh, exciting. All right. What was your favorite family vacation? Oh, my favorite family vacation. It might not sound very exotic to people, but it was going to Nova Scotia from London, Ontario on the train, and we got to sleep over on the train. Nice. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was a kid and I really like that. Nice for me, for family vacation. Um, every summer we used to go to Asoyas and I have really, really great memories. We always stay at the same cabins and I made some fantastic friends that I'm actually still in touch with today. Um, specifically one of my friend Karen, um, we met when we were both 11 years old. And it was funny because at the time I lived in Port Coquitlam, she lived in North Vancouver and that's when it was actually long distance on the phone. <laughs> so oh, we yeah. laugh, but back then it was long distance. <laughs> so we wrote each other. 
Oh. And we actually stayed in touch. Like we were like pen pals, even though it's like a 30 minute drive. <laughs> and then I remember whenever I would visit my grandparents in New West or Richmond, it wasn't long distance, even though it was like a further commute, but I would get to phone her. And anyways, we're still in touch to this day. And um, that was because of going to a soyuz. Like, so how cool is that? Yeah. I made some really I cool love friends. It. That's so great. I love that. Um, when we were, me and my brother were quite, I would say I was maybe 12, 13. And my dad, my mom, myself, and my brother, we all went to Disneyland. So that was fun. That was one of my favorite trips altogether, definitely. All right. Well, that concludes today's episode. Uh, thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Heather, for being here. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your contribution of the parents' life. For our listeners, if you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please contact us on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean, or you can subscribe to this podcast uh, directly on our website at parenttalk.ca. Please take a minute to review us on Apple Podcasts. We want to know what you think. And also, it's a great way to let us know what other topics you would like to hear about. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.